You're listening to Season 2 of the Live 360 Podcast with Tony Sutherland, and this is Episode 52. Alright guys, right before we jump into Part 3 of Things About My Dad... I just wanted to say we've been doing podcasts now for 52 weeks. This is our 52nd episode. We're celebrating one year of the Live 360 podcast. We launched this a year ago, and our heart was we've stayed the same with our vision and our purpose to help people discover how to have peace and joy in every area of their life to the fullest. And we hope that our content has inspired you and helped you discover things about your life and your relationship with God and about the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that has brought you into a more full revelation of peace and joy practically in every area of your life. So thank you. Thank you so much for your reviews and your comments. And I want to encourage you right now, if you haven't done it yet, and if you know somebody who's listening and hasn't done it yet, would you please help us by subscribing to this podcast and leave us a generous review. Give us some stars. Give us five stars. Tell us what you think. Write a review out there on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and share it with some people in your life, especially this episode. We're talking about my dad. And as I mentioned last week, there's no way I could have done this in one or even two parts. I've had to make this a three-part podcast because my dad's life and legacy speak volumes to me. Even now, um, at the airing of this podcast, my father passed away one month ago from complications due to COVID, and we thought he was going to pull through. He didn't make it. It's been a difficult part of the journey for us this past month. Uh, My dad was sent off with full honors. He served 28 years in the Air Force, an amazing man. And I've been sharing how his life has spoken to me. And I hope that what I'm sharing with you is encouraging you. You know, when you share stories about a good man, sometimes it can challenge you and cause you a little discouragement. But guys, I mentioned a couple of podcasts ago, maybe it was in the first one or the second one, I said, my dad was a faithful man, but he wasn't a faultless man. Don't let your faults tell you you can't be faithful. You are faithful. You have a new DNA, a new heart. It's a heart that has the love of Jesus written all over it. And when we are faithless, he is faithful. So your journey isn't dependent upon your faithfulness. It's dependent upon Jesus' faithfulness. But we can still be faithful even when we're faulty people. We have areas in our lives, inconsistencies, character flaws. You know, the older you get, you start noticing things about your parents that you didn't see when you were kids and you worshiped them and they were your superheroes. And But I've come to understand as a father myself of a 24-year-old and a, and a 20-year-old, I've come to find out <laughs> I didn't do it because I was perfect. I did it because God helped me. So I pray that what I've shared with you has encouraged you and inspired you. It's pointed you to Jesus. And so I want to share with you four final thoughts today of things about my dad. All right. We left off with number nine last week. Let's start with number 10. We're on our way to 13 things about my dad. Number 10, my dad was a worshiper. 
My dad loved to worship and sing and make music. In our church services, my dad played his guitar. And man, when my dad played the guitar, that was his one moment to show off. My dad liked to show off when he when he played his guitar. He had this hand, he would just he would just move it up and down and then he'd move it up toward the neck and he he would play on the neck of the guitar. I'd never seen anybody do that and my dad would, you know, he would just kind of take that moment to shine. You know, it reminds me of the scripture in Isaiah 60 where it says arise and shine. You know, guys, when you have a talent, it's okay to show that talent. It's okay to do your thing. Don't let people put you down and belittle you and tell you, oh, you're you're a show off. Man, do what you do, man. Be you, boo. I mean, just go for it. My dad loved to worship. Worship is a time to be extravagant, to give your best to sing, to lift your hands, to to shine. And it don't let people judge you for it. Don't let them intimidate you and shut you down. And my dad didn't, my dad didn't care. Okay? My dad loved music. It was his time to shine. He loved to do it. He was a worshiper and he modeled that. And I'm so thankful my dad had us boys in church. I love to worship. I'm a worship leader in my local church. I'm a worship director right now of a great church, probably one of the best churches in the country, in the world. My dad left a legacy in my life. He taught us to worship just by doing it brought us to church, sing. My dad let me learn the piano in church. Man, dude, when I first started, I was just banging on it. I wasn't that great, but my dad was like, this is where you're going to learn. Learn in church. Learn how to sing in church. Play in church. Give your talent. My dad always had us up there singing and doing something. And, and like I said before, my dad was there for my first sermon in church. And I got to tell you a funny story, interesting story about my dad and music. So my dad was committed to serve the Lord, even in school and his regular life. And, and I remember he told me a story that he was given a song, a solo to sing in high school called The Trumpeter. It's a classical formal type song. And he said, Tony, there was a word in this song that I just didn't feel comfortable singing. Um, it was the word H E dot dot, you know, he wouldn't even say the word. He said, there was this word and, and it's the last phrase of the song. And the song says, and blank said the trumpeter tall. And he said, but I asked my instructor if I could change the word to the word charge. Can I say charge? Would that be okay? <laughs> and his music instructor said, sure, Frank. So my dad would sing this song, you know, in high school, his, a solo competition and charge went the trumpeter tall. My dad would sing that and he sang it so proud, you know, and uh, wouldn't you know it that when I was in college majoring in music, one of the songs that my vocal instructor gave me to sing was that same song, the trumpeter. How could that have ever worked out? I think that was just kind of a way of the Lord honoring him in my life. And sure enough, I asked my vocal instructor if I could change that word because I wanted to respect my dad and I, I wanted to do what he did. I wanted to stand up for Jesus <laughs> when I sang this song. And sure enough, my vocal instructor said yes. And we changed the word to charge. 
Instead of saying H-E dot dot, I said, and charge went the trumpeter tall. (laughs) What a story. But my dad was a worshiper. He loved music and he taught us the value of bringing God honor and glory with our talent. I'm still doing it to this day. With everything that's in me, I want to proclaim the gospel of Jesus with every asset and talent that I have. Music, teaching, writing books. And I want to do it extravagantly. And I want to do it proud. And I want to honor God in every aspect of it. All right, number 11. My dad was a man of honor. My dad was a man of honor. He showed honor. He showed respect. He learned it. He lived it. 28 years in the United States Air Force. He learned something about respect and honor. A career military. And he understood what honor meant. He respected those who served in wars and battles and lost their lives. And he wore his military uniform with pride for special events. He'd wear it to church events. He was proud of that uniform. And And he honored people with his words. I don't think I ever remember my dad speaking harshly or bad about anyone except for braggy people. (laughs) He did not stomach people like that very well. But my dad spent most of his life speaking with honor and respect of people. Never put anybody down that I can remember. And I remember one time when I was in in high school, this fad was going on where, you know, we were wearing military clothes like we would wear the camouflage pants to school if our dads had them. And most of us kids, when we lived on base, all of our dads had military greens. And I remember it was even popular to wear those green military coats. And it was just cool to wear military green. Camouflage is huge right now, as a matter of fact. And I remember one time I I asked my dad, I said, dad, can I wear your green military coat? And he'd say, are you in the military? And I would say, no. And he said, well, there's your answer. (laughs) Why would my dad do that? Because he knew that to wear those clothes means you were willing to pay a price. You see, my dad knew that there were men who wore those clothes, wore those uniforms and paid the price to wear them, either had paid the price to be in the military or paid the price in the military, the ultimate price. And my dad was a man of honor. He cared about things like that. So needless to say, I didn't get to wear military greens growing up in my household. It was not allowed. And my dad honored pastors. My dad served pastors. My dad was a servant. He honored the role of pastor. His first thing when he would come into a church was to say, I'm here to serve you. And he meant it. He wasn't trying to get something or trying to get approval or get connected to the pastor. My dad showed honor to the man of God. No matter if he preached the way he liked or served the way he liked, my dad didn't care. It was the office he respected. My dad knew what honor was, and he respected the office. He respected the anointing and the calling on a man's life. That taught me a lot. We need to honor the office and the appointment and the anointing that God puts on a man. And we don't honor them because of what they do. We honor them because of their assignment. My dad would serve, and he... He served pastors that were very much not like him, not his style, not his flavor, but my dad served because that's just what you do. My dad showed that and modeled it. My dad was a man of honor and my dad was honored at his funeral. 
He was shown honor and given full military honors because you know what? He deserved that. My dad was a man of honor, but my dad was not a man who wanted to be honored. And that's the man you should honor. The ones who don't want it. The guys who show up at church without a title and a role and serve and don't care if they're known or who serve on deacon boards and elder boards that don't need to know it and have the title. My dad could have cared less if he was called a deacon or called a, an elder or whatever. He served, he respected the office and he walked in that honor. And he taught me that he taught me how to honor. And man, we need honor today. We need to show people honor. We need to show people respect. We need to have that attitude of saluting people, not necessarily saluting them physically, but we need to have that honor where we honor people for what God has called them to do, who they are, what they're assigned to do. And we need to show people honor, honor everyone around us. I call it 360 honor, honor everyone around you. I'm learning how to honor young people, you know, because as you get older, you can get grumpy and think you know it all. But I'm learning even how to honor younger, talented leaders under me because I want to learn and grow from everyone around me. Giving 360 honor means that what you respect, you will attract. If I show respect to somebody, then some way or another, I'm going to open up my life to learn from them at whatever stage of growth in their journey they are. You can learn from everyone. Show 360 honor. Be a man of honor. Be like my dad. He was a man of honor. Hey guys, I just want to pause halfway through this episode to remind you to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a generous review, give us five stars, and write out what you think right there on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can type out your review and then share this with some people in your life who need to hear what you're hearing today, especially husbands and fathers or upcoming husbands and fathers. I want them to hear some of the things my dad taught me in his life. So let's jump back into two more thoughts of things about my dad. All right, number 12, my dad's life pointed to Jesus. This is probably the top point of all 13. I got one more thought to share with you, but this is probably at the top of the list. My dad's life pointed to Jesus. You know, I mentioned earlier, probably in part one, I think, of this series that my dad was there for my first sermon when I was 12 years old in Cheyenne, Wyoming. He was sitting on the front row all the way on the right side. I'll never forget where he sat. He supported me with his his eyes and his smile and his presence there. And my dad was present for everything that I can remember, ball games and concerts and recitals and graduations and church things. Um, I remember when I came to the United States, my dad was on tour over in Europe in the military, and I came back to the United States to go to college. And I remember, you know, getting ready to walk that graduation line, thinking my dad wouldn't be there. You know, they never mentioned coming, and I kind of assumed that since they were in Europe, they wouldn't make it. And as I was walking down the aisle to the platform, my dad was standing right there. And he looked over at me and I was like, oh man, I can't believe you're here. My dad was present, which could actually be another point in these things that I'm sharing. He was present just like Jesus is always present with us. No matter what, no matter what situation or stage you are in your journey, he promises he will never leave you or forsake you. He's a present help in time of trouble. He's not a fair weather friend. He 
will always be with you until the end of the age. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. And my dad's life pointed to Jesus in that way. And there he was for my first sermon, proud as could be. And I was firing off scriptures and pointing at the people and just fiery and, and with fervor and vigor. And I was just preaching the word. I don't remember what I was preaching, but it was good. I can tell you that it was good. And my dad was just, you could see him beaming from ear to ear. He was so proud to see me doing that. And, and after the sermon, I came off the platform, shook my hands and, you know, you know, people were complimenting me and telling me how well I did. My dad was patting me on the back. Tony, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. So good. So good. And on our way home that night, he was driving the van home. I was sitting in the back and he said, Tony, I'm just so proud of you. I was actually surprised. I, I just thought you did such a marvelous job, wonderful job. He said, if there's one thing that I can encourage you on, he told me how proud he was. But then he said, if there's one thing I can encourage you on and remind you is, is, is that when you preach, instead of pointing at the people like you were tonight, you were pointing at people while you were preaching. You kept pointing at people. He said, instead of pointing at people, point up to Jesus. Because sometimes when you point at people, you make them feel bad, you know, because sometimes when you preach, there's some things in there that kind of expose us a little bit. And when you point at people, it makes them feel condemned and makes them feel like you're saying harsh things to them and you're speaking badly of them. He said, always point people up to Jesus. You might even just take your finger and point up in the sky. And do you know that the slogan of my ministry, if you go to my website, the slogan, vision, and heart of my ministry is pointing lives to Jesus. And this just occurred to me the last few weeks that I've been thinking about things my dad said and did. And as I was preaching that funeral, I said, dad, I hope you can see me pointing to Jesus today because that's what I'm doing. You told me to do it those many years ago. And here I am pointing lives to Jesus today. My dad's life pointed to Jesus. And because of his life pointing to Jesus, my life is pointing to Jesus. My ministry, my heart, my passion is to share the grace of God with people and point people to Jesus. And my final thought, number 13, my dad wasn't a very fast runner. I know that sounds strange, but he just wasn't a fast runner. And you're like, well, how does that honor your dad by saying he's not a fast runner? Well, my dad often admitted that he was not a fast runner. It just wasn't his thing. He wasn't into track. He wasn't really into uh, intramural sports. He just wasn't into it. And he was not a fast runner. He admitted that. And uh, he told all of us brothers a story a while back about his assignment to Vietnam um, he was a military policeman on a base in Saigon. It was actually the same base that uh, is featured in the movie Good Morning Vietnam with Robin Williams. He was stationed at that same military uh, base. And uh, at one particular time that he was assigned there, there was a local insurrection on the base and it was very dangerous. Um, things became volatile. Some of the locals began to uh, siege the base. Some of the locals who worked on the base also were a part of that. It was kind of a conspired uh, effort to uh, take siege of the base. The local military 
was also storming the compound and some of the military was even trying to take control of the landing strip. And so several military police were ordered to load a truck and go down and protect the runway. And uh, as the truck was pulling off, there were several men with M60s on this truck. And my dad began to run after the truck to get on the truck. But the truck was pulling out. It wasn't waiting on him. And my dad was huffing and puffing. But as I said, he wasn't a very good runner. And he did not make the truck. And the truck pulled off and went to the runway and my dad was trying to find another truck to get there and there wasn't one available that was the last truck that was going out there and later on my dad found out that that entire truck of men did not make it back every man on that truck was killed and you know thinking about that story I'm so glad my dad wasn't a fast runner I'm I'm glad he missed that truck I wouldn't even be here today If my dad was a fast runner, I wouldn't be here today. I would have never been adopted and brought into that home. I would have never preached a sermon. I probably wouldn't be bringing you these podcasts. I wouldn't have a lifetime of ministry and helping people discover Jesus. I I wouldn't be here today. I'm so glad my dad missed that truck. Who knows where I'd be? And it makes me think of some of the disappointments that I've had in my life things I missed, things that didn't work out, things that didn't pan out for me in my favor. Maybe you've had some things that didn't work out for you, disappointments, failures, missed opportunities, bad decisions, regrets. You're disappointed in things that happened or didn't happen for you today. But did you know that your disappointments and missed opportunities just might turn into God's appointments for for others? You know, sometimes we're just so selfish when we miss an opportunity. We don't stop to consider that maybe God is is allowing us to miss the opportunity so that someone else can have it because my dad missed that truck. Look at my life today. And I know that some of you have missed some things. You got some disappointments, some regrets, but your disappointments just might turn into God's appointments. My dad missed the truck so that I could be here today. And just the lives that my dad has touched because he missed that truck. Remember the next time you miss an opportunity, know that God is causing all things to work together for the good. Not just for your good, but the good for others too. Let's not be so selfish to think that when we miss an opportunity that it's all for naught. You know, maybe it didn't work out for you, but it will work together. Somehow or another, your missed opportunity or your disappointment or the bad decision that you made will turn out for the good for someone. Possibly, even likely could be you. Your missed appointment, that disappointment that you have doesn't diss you from your appointment. You still have a life to live and things are coming. Better things are coming. God's no right now doesn't mean no forever. It could just be no right now. Maybe God's no means there's something better coming for you or someone else, for your kids, for your family, for your marriage. Thank God that you didn't buy that house. Thank God you didn't take that job. Thank God you didn't make that decision. Thank God you didn't move to the other city that you were thinking about moving to. Thank God you didn't buy the car. Thank God that you didn't send your kids to a certain college. Sometimes 
unanswered prayers can be an answer to our prayer. Guys, your disappointments can be God's appointments. And as I was thinking of my dad missing that truck, running out of breath, trying to to run to catch that truck, it drew me to his final moments in the hospital where the first three or four days in the hospital, he, he was wearing the BiPAP machine. He hadn't quite gone on the ventilator yet. And he told my sister, who was a nurse at the hospital, he was telling her while she was sitting in the room with him, he said, the night before, I I felt something touch my leg. It felt like a hand had touched my leg, and I opened my eyes, and no one was there. And I closed my eyes, and I felt that hand touch my leg again, and I, I looked up, and no one was there. And I did it again. The same thing happened again, and he said, I felt in my heart that an angel had come into my room saying, you're going to be okay. I'm with you. God's with you. You're going to be okay. And that encouraged us all early into that 20-day stretch that my dad had that he was going to pull through. We all thought it was an angel telling him that he was going to make it, that he was going to pull through. But obviously, God had different plans. And I believe what God showed me that it was an angel coming into his room to tap him on the leg and say, Frank, the truck is pulling out. It's time to get on that truck. And I could see my dad running after that truck, thinking to himself, I'm not going to miss the truck this time. I was able to spend a few final moments with my dad on FaceTime. We couldn't go into the hospital room, but I was able to speak to him on FaceTime. He was still on the ventilator, but he was not responding when they took him off sedation. His mind was somewhere else. He, he, he wasn't responding. I don't believe he was brain dead. I believe that he was running after that truck, struggling to breathe in that ventilator, running after that truck, out of breath, huffing and puffing, thinking to himself, I'm going to catch that truck. I'm going to get on that truck. And I said everything I needed to say to him, tears filling my eyes, still praying that the Lord would touch him and heal him, heartbroken you know, just tears and just so emotional speaking to my dad for a final time and telling him what a wonderful dad he was and what a awesome father and husband and example he was in my life and how proud I was of him. And my sister and my mother were in the hospital room and I could hear them crying. And this was his final moment. And I said what I needed to say and hung up the phone. And later on that night, they took the ventilator out of his, out of his mouth and They felt like it was time for normal care and to help him be comfortable in his last few moments in this world. And I FaceTimed him again and he was struggling to breathe. He was not getting very many breaths each minute and he was struggling and the ventilator was out and and I was just crying and telling him what a great daddy was and thank you for everything he had done and how he had pointed me to Jesus and how I would do my best to honor him with the rest of my life and serve the Lord and Later on, I hung up the phone and I had heard that he had finally passed. And I believe those final moments, my dad had finally run out of breath because he made the truck and he could ride off with the rest of the faithful into the loving arms of Jesus. I'm so thankful today that my dad wasn't a very fast runner and that these things about my dad will live on through my life will touch you and inspire you to discover peace and joy in every area of your life to the fullest. Amen. 
Man, that's all the time we have for today. I hope my dad's life is speaking to you right now. I hope the things that my dad taught me is speaking through me and touching you and helping you and encouraging you. And again, I want to remind you to subscribe to this podcast. Please leave us a generous review. Give us five stars and tell us what you think. And then share this podcast with one or two other people, maybe more, especially men, fathers, husbands, fathers-to-be, husbands-to-be, who could benefit from what you've been listening to today. Hey, guys, I'll be back again next time with a powerful, encouraging, motivating, inspiring teaching to help you discover how to have peace and joy to the fullest in every area of your life. And until then, we'll see you.